everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Straight Woke. My name is John. I'm Joseph. And today on our final episode of the vaccine series, Joseph and I are going to, we're going to go back and forth a little bit. We have some differing opinions on the vaccine, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know if they're really that different, but I think I'm a lot more aggressive about it than you are. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit more laid back about it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. Um, but with that being said, we're going to look at a few different data sets and kind of go over where we're at with it, how we came to our conclusions. You want to kind of give them your premise on the vaccine? And- yeah, so I definitely don't think, honestly, anybody under 50 should get it, it considering every situation is different. Um, if you are morbidly obese and have diabetes as a younger person, I think you should consider it and look into it, but you you got to do your research. Because with everything, there's a risk. And if you are vulnerable to COVID, you have to take COVID as more of a risk than everybody else. That's just the facts. Okay, those, those are most of the people being pop, uh, hospitalized are obese or have heart problems or diabetes. These are the big things. Um, but I do think it can be helpful in the older generation and I also think if you're really up there in age, meaning 65 plus, you obviously don't have to worry as much about the long-term effects and some of the concerns with reproducing. I mean, that's, that's one of the big concerns is women not being able to have kids because of the vaccine. So obviously if, if you're 65, it's not like you're having kids. Right. So there's there's some risk that can be taken out of it for older people. I think each situation is different, but I would say the large majority of the population honestly probably shouldn't get it. But I think for people who are vulnerable should just look into it. And I'm not even going to say should get it. I probably would say you probably shouldn't, but I'm okay with looking into it. So you're, you Based on your stance, you you have a degree of belief that the vaccine is is helpful in situations in certain situations. Yeah, correct. So my grandparents, uh, both from my dad's side, uh, they're both still alive. They're both in their seventies. Um, I was pushing for my grandfather to get the vaccine, but my grandma, I told her no, she shouldn't get the vaccine, and her doctor told her she shouldn't get the vaccine because she's allergic to a lot of different things and is already on a ton of medication. And I think it would be too much. I think it would be more of a risk for her to get the vaccine, but I think it was better for my grandfather to get the vaccine. He's very vulnerable to the common flu can really put him down. And that's why I think every situation is different. Cause I don't think my, my grandma should get it. And her doctor doesn't think she should get it. Yeah. And that's, what's, great about what's going on right now we gotta get back to let's let doctors decide for their Mm -hmm. patients because it's not a one-size-fits-all i mean when you look at aaron Rodgers, the way he put it out he said it actually extremely well where he's like i was actually following cdc guidelines that i am allergic to this and that is in uh the mrna vaccine so that one is out for me cdc says i shouldn't get it then the only one left for him was the Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson got pulled because of the 
bad outcomes it was having. It wasn't extreme extreme, but it was enough to be concerned. And the Johnson Johnson is just performing terribly. So that's where each situation is different, in my opinion. But I don't think any young people should get it. Yeah, I I think if there's a, a... I think any data set shows that clearly. I don't even think you need to look at the vaccine data sets for that. I think you can just look at the mortality rates of COVID. Correct. Yeah, I agree. If you're over 65, you still have a 96.9% chance of survival. Mm -hmm. That's like the same as everything else when you're that age. Well, it's a little bit less, but it's close. Yeah. A little bit less? I think it is. I would have to look into it, but I I believe it's a little bit less, less percentage, meaning more likely they die. Oh, okay. I was like, the flu is 97. Got it. It's a little bit less than others in survival rate. Of percentage. Right. So 96.9, essentially 97. Yeah. So the the mortality... Actually, I want to pull this up. This is a good statistic for us to look at. Um, one second. I have this saved. I just have to find it. There's too much, too much Dude, info. There is. <laughs> guys, we really try our best. We're not good at this whole like having the show planned out thing. We like to wing it a little bit. We like to make it real. We're looking it up as we go. We do a lot of research behind hand, but we also got to pull some stuff up. But yeah, you are correct. Yeah. The, Please talk while I find this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you are absolutely correct that you're basically at a 97% success rate of COVID. And it's proven that if you can live through it the first time, you will have antibodies that will make it almost zero that you will die obviously excluding other problems if you're at that age and you start to have heart failure it can cause that right but that's an exacerbation of another issue yes that's not all covid's fault so i i generally go always towards natural immunity i agree with what you said the other day where we do not want to pack in every single vaccine we can and boosters and constantly be getting flu shots and everything. I don't agree with it. I think some vaccines are necessary and I think some vaccines are in special cases. And that is, I believe the flu shots in special cases. I believe the COVID vaccine is in special cases that people who are more vulnerable than the general population. I'm just very concerned. Yeah. Okay, I found it. Uh, And I see how I read this wrong. So I'm just going to correct myself ahead of time. Um, Yes, okay. Uh, It says both viruses are deadly for the elderly, the coronavirus and the flu. Um, The flu kills 0.83% of infected people above the age of 65. So it's just under 1% mortality. yeah. Yeah. Um, which is actually, I feel like I saw another study that was a little bit more than that. And there's definitely, could yeah, be, this one says 95%. Every single study I looked at was differing a yeah. little bit. This, well, this one's on the CDC. Uh, it's a 95%. Right. So it's about the same as COVID, but the, uh, the point being, um, one of the data sets I pulled up compares f- the flu vaccine Mm-hmm. with the COVID vaccine based on VAERS reports 
And right. for those of you who don't know, the VAERS is the um, uh, Vaccine Adverse Events and Reactions Service We're, or something like that. Yeah, Medi medical people they can log in every time they have an yep. adverse effect to a vaccine or a shot or anything yeah, so like that. Your physician, if you had a bad reaction to a vaccine, would report this on VAERS. So I, I want to be very clear. There's two different data sets I'm about to read off. One data set is COVID-19 vaccines from December 2020 to present. Mm -hmm. And this came out last month. Okay. So right. it's a month old. Um, from so one data set is COVID-19 vaccines from December 2020 to present. And that second one I'm going to read through are all other vaccines from 1990 to present. Okay. Okay. So big difference. Basically less than a one year sample size. Yes. And a 21 and a year, 21 year sample year. size of all other vaccines. Yes. Correct. So all encompassing um, adverse reactions. For the COVID-19 vaccine from t December 2020 to present, there have been 856,919 adverse events reported. It's just reported. And there was even a whistleblower that came out and said that um, nurses and doctors are only reporting about 10% of the actual adverse reactions because they don't have time. Well, let's hope not because 10% is a very small amount. It's a very small imagine. amount. It's a very small but amount. But it, it actually wouldn't surprise me too much when you just hear how many people you know have had adverse reactions, how many people yeah. you hear like Joe yeah. Rogan and other people speaking of, like I know five or six. Right. And if everybody knows five or six, there's, that's, that's going to be a, a huge number. And that's just of the vaccinated people, yeah. right? So... Um, I, I would argue that that is a significantly smaller number than the ones that have actually happened, um, whether it be they didn't find it severe enough to report or whatever it is. Um, now, okay, so 856,919 adverse events. All other vaccines, 1990 to present, 845,019. Yeah. So about 10,000 less adverse reactions in all all other vaccines for the last 21 years 31, 31 years 90, yeah. 31 years so this these vaccines are j j strictly from that they should all be pulled absolutely should all be pulled and they should be and held studied. for special situations yes. that i yes i agree with that yes um number of life-threatening events so we're gonna look at the same two data sets life-threatening events from the covid19 vaccinations twenty thousand one hundred and ten. Wow. All other vaccines, 1990 to present. This is off. Okay. Also, this is off the VAERS analysis. This is connected to the CDC website. So this is CDC FDA statistics. This mm -hmm. isn't like some BS graph I pulled off of Google. Right. Um, so life-threatening events from COVID, 20,110. All other vaccines, 1990 to present, 13,800. So about 700 less. Right. 600 less. Number of hospitalizations for COVID, COVID-19 vaccines, December 2020 to present, 88,910. All other vaccines, 79,519. So you're seeing um, a lot less on the other vaccinations over a 31-year period. And this is, this is kind of the crazy part. Number of deaths. And I want you to really think, everyone listening to this, I want you to think about this objectively as this is a disease and a vaccine that has a ton of controversy around it both in production in distribution testing everything the number of deaths over the last nine to ten months that have been recorded 
where doctors had the balls to report that a vaccine that they're supposed to be pushing or they'll lose their jobs killed someone, right? Mm -hmm. 18,078 deaths have been reported. Officially. Um, now, obviously, out of a vaccinated base of 192 million, right? You can look at that and go, well, that's not that big of a deal. But <laughs> vaccines get pulled for 15, mm -hmm. right? Um, the, the A lot of what we're confronting here, whether we're talking about the way the media treated Trump, whether we're talking about vaccines, all of this is there's a clear lack of um, consistency in how issues are handled. Mm -hmm. If this was any other vaccine, this would have been pulled immediately and n no one would be allowed to take it for a while. Mm -hmm. um, number of birth defects after vaccination, 610. Yeah, that's a... For the other day it just said it's 153. Yeah. So, and, and again, I think something we've both discussed in private is um, one of the largest concerns about this vaccine is it changes the genetic makeup. If you're going to have kids or your kid who's young and still developing gets vaccinated, how is that going to change their, as they mature, how's that going to change their genetic makeup? It's very interesting. Yeah, it could seriously affect their immune system terribly. Yes. Because their immune system is still growing. And yes. then you throw in a genetic change that makes their immune system fight something differently than what it normally does. Yes. It could really affect this child's life and yes. the rest of his life. Absolutely. Um, so going back, so out of how, so what were the adverse reaction number for the COVID vaccine sent in the last year? 856,919. 856,000. So right now we're looking at almost 200 million in America vaccinated. Also, this is... Uh, I, I want to do an assumption here. That's We're almost 86,000. That's almost exactly 50% because it's 192 million fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Now, those numbers couldn't be all fully vaccinated. Supposedly, there is uh, 432 million doses given. So there could be a large population of people that have half vaccine and Correct. still had the adverse reactions, didn't go Correct. back and get the second one. Correct. So. You no, know, there's 192 fully vaccinated Americans, which means your first, second, and first booster. That's how they're labeling and fully first booster. Yes, that's how yeah. they label. Okay, and this goes back to the terminology they've been using for months about a vaccine passport was kind of hinting at the fact that, look, you're not going to be deemed fully vaccinated as a citizen unless you, you are up, up to boosters. date. Yeah. So um, I've I, from nurses that I know, and this whistleblower saying that they're just not reporting these things. If we take, if we consider that that is 10% of the reported event, events, which I believe it is 100%, mainly because it takes almost an hour to fill out a VAERS report. Physicians don't have time no. to fill. That's 856,000 hours just to report the data that we have now. There's no way they're doing all of it. If we consider that that is 10%, that's 8.5 million adverse reactions. Yeah. Which is a lot. Out of about 200. Yeah. So you look at that percentage, you're looking at the of same percentage as the death rate of COVID for the elderly 
not including Correct. young people. Let's just Correct. look at the worst. Correct. Uh, COVID survival rate. You're you're almost toe to toe with the vaccine. That's why young people should not be getting it. No. Period. Yeah, and this is tough. It's a tough conversation because there's a... From my perspective, I think that... um, And I try to look at motivation, right? And we talked about that in the last episode. I see something that is clearly hurting people, has not been tested well, We'll still be in clinical trials for three to five years. Yeah. Let's be very clear. It's not tested. So these numbers could skyrocket. Yeah. Um, we have a Johnson & Johnson vaccine with a 3% success rate, right? It's like we have all the data to say that this doesn't work. We look at other countries that are fully vaccinated, and they're still having these massive, 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 massive spikes of COVID-19. And I see nothing scientifically that suggests that this should be pushed the way that it's pushed. I think it should at least be more on the side of caution where not only, I don't even think it should just be, let us have our freedom to choose. I definitely think we should be there. I don't even think that should have been a conversation. I think we should be a little further to that side of the pendulum where it's like, we don't recommend you get this vaccine yet, right? Yet. Right. And the whole push for it was so we can open back up, right? Because as soon as we have this vaccine, we can open back up. But that's assuming, one, that it works, and two, that it's safe for you to take. And I haven't seen proof for either of those things. I just haven't. So, and I, I'm actually just, I mean, I, I guess I should clarify my stance on the vaccine. I think it's, I think it's worse than this, personally. Mm-hmm. I think we're testing a new technology of mRNA. I think a lot of the people that funded this have talked about population control. And I don't want to sound too crazy, but... I don't trust these people. I don't. And I've seen nothing but lack of disregard for people's lives over the last two years. So I don't have high expectations for the purpose of this vaccine, whether it's to make them richer or to fulfill their sick, demented overpopulation. You know, I, I, I don't know what it is. I genuinely, I, and I've watched a lot of doctors that are virologists look at some of the vaccines. They've taken the vials and they've gone in and looked under a microscope and there's definitely nanotechnology i don't think there's microchips i I haven't seen anything to back that up but i i do think there is nanotechnology in them Mm -hmm. and i I mean that's kind of out of mrna textbook i actually looked up the patent earlier today let me see if i can pull this up there we go yeah so uh it's patent number one zero seven zero three seven Eight nine B two. If you want to go look it up, it's a U.S. patent. The patent was taken out on July seventh, twenty twenty, and it's a pharmaceutical composition which has plurality of lipid nanoparticles that has a mean uh, a mean particle size between eighty nm, which is nano nanometers, mm-hmm. and one hundred and sixty nanometers, and contains a modified mRNA encoding polypeptide. The lipid contains a five cap and a bunch of weird words that I don't really feel comfortable trying to explain to you what they mean um it's 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 giving and this is like the abstract like quick summary of the patent if you read through some of like what the patent actually does and that's why i gave you all the patent number go look it up the the patent specifically is for nanoparticles that can go in and change the mrna buildup in protection to spike proteins Mm -hmm. right 
The problem with that is the nanotechnology that we're putting in people's bodies to change your DNA, who's got the control switch on that? I think that's way, 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 way too trusting to go, okay, government, we know you came up with this on July 7th. But yeah, put little nanobites, little robots in my body that can control my genetic makeup. There's no part of me. I, I don't, honestly, at that point, statistics aside, I really don't. I, I can't in good conscience. Do whatever you want. Right. We'll say this again. Your medical choices are your medical choices. We won't shame you. We won't tell you what to do. But if you ask me my opinion, I think that is absolute, excuse my language, bad shit crazy to put little nano bites. And it's not even, that's not conspiracy. That's not hidden. I just read you the freaking patent number. I read it for 30 minutes today, right? It's a little nanotechnology that goes in and chops up your DNA, quote unquote, to protect you from spike proteins. The problem is this spike protein was very clearly genetically modified. And actually, the more I read into SARS-CoV-2 patents, which I think you should all do, there's SARS-CoV, which is the SARS virus from a while back. And then there's SARS-CoV-2, which is what we're currently dealing with. There are actual from gain of function. And I think it's so funny because I spent 10 minutes on there and I'm already seeing what Rand Paul's talking about with the NIH funding these things. We've had patents on spike protein COVID viruses since 1985. The first one was a canine spike protein. We took a COVID virus from a canine and spiked it up and we have a patent for it, which actually is illegal. Um, there's There's a federal law that you are not allowed to patent naturally developing infectious diseases, mm-hmm. which means it was not naturally created or they're breaking federal law, one of the two. I, I think both of them have massive repercussions. So as we go through some of this stuff, this is where my less than desirable opinion for these things comes in. Um, one, I think if you just look at the stats of how dangerous it is for people and how many adverse reactions we have, I don't care if it was 10,000 adverse reactions, right? We've exceeded the amount of adverse reactions with one vaccine mm-hmm. that we have from all other vaccines, polio, anthrax, like all of these in 31 years. That should be a screeching halt for everyone. And I, I know we're on the same page about that. I just... I. Again, I cannot we fathom. Are. But I it does, cannot fathom. It does make a difference for me if I was elderly. Like my thought process. So what you're saying about it having genetic... Can be able to change your genetics and sure. all of that. If I'm sitting here at 70, 75, I'm expecting that I have 5 to 15 years left. I don't expect that I have that long. But with a virus that is this contagious and... The Delta variant is more deadly. Truly, no, yeah, because I I had the first variant. I didn't even know I had it. Yeah, same. I had the Delta variant. It knocked me down for a day or two, and then I was back. But it definitely was a big difference between the Delta variant and the other one. Sure, I've had both. It's both for me weren't a huge deal. You know, the Delta variant. I felt like I had a flu. I was tired, had some body aches and some headaches for a day or two, but that's about it. But if I am 70 75 you weigh the risk both are I agree, a risk yeah yeah and depending on the situation if you are already extremely vulnerable as an elderly person to the common cold sure 
I think you should consider it. Obviously, I think you should talk to your doctors. You should look at, you should do a full test on anything that you're allergic to and match that with what's in these vaccines. You should do your research, do medical testing on yourself to see if you should get it. And I think that throws out, in my opinion, it throws out a lot of the av- adverse reactions. Right now, they're, they're not telling people, make sure you're not allergic and then go get it. They are on the CDC website, but nobody's promoting that. What's being promoted by our leaders in the media is no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstance is, you must get vaccinated and they don't care which vaccine you take. I believe if you do the research as an elderly person, because those are the only people I'm really considering it to, and very, very select younger people with other issues. If you look at everything you're allergic to, you do your research on each vaccine and figure out which one's going to work best for you, I think the adverse reactions are lower than the death rate of COVID. From the research I've done, I believe that. It's just a belief, though. I can't prove it. Because you you look at the CDC website, they have so many studies that contradict themselves. I'm really struggling to even believe anything the CDC says. So I go back and forth. Well, and that's where I fall on the fact where I'm like, these guys are the ones pushing this thing. Mm-hmm. They they have no evidence for it to work. They created it. Yeah, they, they have supposed evidence that it works, but yeah. how much do I trust it? Right. I mean, the one I was just looking at, it was like, I think a 50% difference in fully vaccinated elderly people compared to non-vaccinated elderly people. Like you had a 50% higher chance than non-vaccinated. But... I just struggle to completely trust it. Sure. Yeah. So that's where I, I will not say one way or the other that you definitely shouldn't, or you definitely should. But I believe that 99% of anybody below 50 should not get it. And some elderly should, like I said, my grandma, I, I do not want her to get it. I think it'd be terrible for her. She would probably have adverse reactions. My mom, we're talking through, she had a tough time with the Delta variant. When I got it, I got it from my family. They were, her and my father were considering getting it for her. I don't think she should. She's allergic to a lot of different things. She already has problems with medications. She can only take very few medications. Right. It's concerning. And this is where, this is where I think instead of, entertaining the conversation of having an elderly person who's more susceptible to everything including just falling correct i think instead of giving them a vaccine that literally 50 50 may help them may not help them or 50 50 will make them worse than well, they were before. it wasn't 50 50 help them or not help them it's saying they had a 50 if there was 100 people 50 percent better chance yeah, that's what i'm saying but meaning not that it's 50 50 if it helps them that they had a 50% more success rate than All, the unvaccinated. So across the board, so they let's had say the, a 50% better chance of fighting COVID. Correct. So let's say the unvaccinated had a 20% live, living rate, right? Compared to the number of people who got it unvaccinated, compared to the people who were vaccinated and got it, they had a 50% more likely compared to the unvaccinated, not just compared to in general. Okay. Kind of got it. Okay. It's so got many it. numbers. It's, yeah, it's kind of okay. hard to our heads are spinning. It's okay. Yes. So, I where where I go with that too is the the treatment aspect of this. I think most respiratory things are treatable. You have treatments, right? 
if if you have an elderly person and, and this has been proven by other studies which I think we should I think we should do a um, an episode at some point kind of breaking down treatments like hydroxychloroquine ivermectin paired with zinc quercetin so when you had COVID fun yeah. story Joseph and I hung out the night before the next day he called and was like dude like I'm 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 down. not okay yeah. I'm not going to work this morning and then at the same time a few of our other friends got tested and they were positive and I and t- those two girls live with my girlfriend so I was like, all right, like I'm going to get it. I've, I've literally come in contact with it every day for probably five days, yeah. right? My mom goes, I read this study about quercetin and zinc paired. I bought some. You should start taking it and see if it helps. I didn't have a single symptom. Yeah, I wonder if you got it and that stopped it. Yes. Because I literally, I started to feel symptoms the night of us going out. Yeah, we, we were out. all hanging out all night. Yeah. Yeah, and I was talking to you. It was loud, so we were like, not six feet apart like we were like Definitely hey, like, you know <laughs> yeah so um i i de- like i with without a doubt came in contact with it but my body fought it off i all that week i was doing exercising outside i didn't go to the gym because i just want to be careful for other people i exercised outside i took quercetin zinc twice a day and i literally felt healthier than i feel right now yeah that's where i didn't do as well because i'm so scatterbrained right now so much going on in life and i'm I'm rushed and eating fast food too much. Sure. And, and I, I remember you telling me your stomach was hurting. So you hadn't eaten in like two days. Yeah. I had serious. Right. Yeah. So my point being, I think right now with how at bare minimum, how dangerous it can be to get the vaccine, just an adverse reaction, allergies. There's so many unknown factors about it. I think so we've had my grandparents on quercetin and zinc. They take it you know, twice a day religiously just to keep their immune systems up. Right. Mm-hmm. I hung out with my grandparents that next day before I knew. And I was like, Oh crap. I didn't say anything. Right. right. But they, they were taking it. No one got sick. Everyone was great. My whole family was like, I, and that was like on top of my girlfriend who's two roommates had COVID. Yeah. Was she she came, taking them as she, well. Yeah. She, she, was I gave, living, she was living in the house yeah. with three positive. And COVID. I, I gave her some and she took them and she was fine. And and we were the only two that didn't get hit by that to some extent, and we were taking it every day. My point being, I think there's some proven non-side effect, things that are just good for your immune system that will even help the elderly better than the vaccine. I don't disagree with that. And, and I think that those should be more so a focus than... Because the, the vaccine is... And while those studies may be true that it's helping, there's also these other studies that are like... It is a gamble, right? But so is getting COVID. Everything's a gamble in exactly. life. Exactly. Every time you get behind the wheel, it's a gamble. No, right. So that, my point being, if there's natural treatments that are extremely affordable and just good for your immune system in general that will not hurt you, uh, I mean, unless you take a thousand of them, which is stupid in general, but um, dude, even, uh, oh, what's the, the miracle drug? Aspirin. Have you oh, seen the studies on aspirin? I have not. Aspirin drastically, like almost immediately improves COVID symptoms. Wow. I, I saw a ton of reports coming out on it and they're starting to study it more. It is like killer. If you get COVID, start taking aspirin and you'll probably be good in a day or two. Like, yeah. And what's frustrating is I wish the CDC would actually do real studies right. on right. hydroxychloroquine right. and all of these, even aspirin, all of them. I want to know all of these things. And if if these things can cut that 
death rate from 4% or 3% or whatever All day. it was. Yeah. If that can cut it in half, throw the vaccine out. It's not needed. 100%. Yeah. Because there's no reason to take the risk. If you can up your percentage chance by taking these natural healthy drugs that boost exactly. your immune system, exactly. this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Instead of editing your genetic code. I'm 100% on board with that. I think that's what we should be focusing on. But our government has no desire to focus on that. Yeah, which is generally why I distrust all of it. <laughs> I just, I see very little. I do too. I, yeah, I know you do. I, I see very little uh, goodwill towards men in any of their messaging or anything that they're doing. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you guys for listening to this. Uh, we hope this dialogue was beneficial. Um, if you guys have any questions about the stats that we put up today, feel free to email us at straightwokepodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you guys in our next episode. Later. Later.